Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and objectionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice by a licensed therapist. Listener discretion is advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, loneliness, all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who chose to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Hi everybody, this is Rebecca and you are listening to the podcast, Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, where women open up and share their stories as to why they stepped out on their marriage or relationship. Um, We just kind of delve into that because it's not something that is openly talked about. I mean, there are movies about it. There's psychology about it. There's books about it. Um, There's, you know, in movies, it always ends a certain way. But in real life, it's not that easy. And, um, you know, men cheat. It's statistically a little bit more than women do. But from, you know, what we're finding out, and a lot of people will openly admit, is that men and women actually cheat for different reasons. And, you know, this is not saying it's across the board, um, but I'm just telling you from things we found out and talked about, and even people will admit, you know, women tend to cheat more because they feel like their husband doesn't even see them, that their husband is just kind of used to the routine and my wife will always be there to take care of me and she takes care of everything and I do this. But what's missing is that love, that affection, that need for communication, that desire to know that your husband or spouse really, really wants you and respects you and worships the ground you walk on, so to speak. In fact, in my own um premarital counseling, the pastor told us that my husband would have to prove, well, not have to, but what he what what he needed to do was he would fight seven deadly dragons for me, you know, to those kinds of extremes that, you know, the husband would be there to take care of the wife, not monetarily, you know, not physically, but emotionally, because I think women are so much more emotionally driven about everything. I mean, our minds and our hearts are everywhere. We multitask, we're doing everything, because it's in our natural nature to be caregivers. And the husbands, it's not so easy for them, the men. And again, I'm just saying this is just how it happens most of the time, not all of the time. So there could be very well opposites in relationships. In fact, a coworker of mine even said her husband is the one that is always trying to get the emotional thing. And the wife is like, eh, yeah, uh, just let me be kind of a thing. But that could be a whole different podcast, I think. But anyways, 
today, we're actually going to hear a story about Mariella. Uh, she submitted to me a while back, and, you know, she really put a lot of heart and soul into the story. It's a little bit longer than most of them, but she wrote it very well and explains, you know, how her relationship with her husband started to what led to the affair, which led to where she is today. I also wanted to send out a quick thank you to my new uh, followers on Patreon. Every time I get a notification that somebody has pledged to subscribe to Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity on Patreon, it really just makes me smile. And then I get these wonderful emails from people just randomly, not submitting stories, but just telling me how much they appreciate what I'm doing and that it just has made an impact on them or they just flat out just are glad somebody's talking about it. Of course, I'm going to get this rare one here and there of people putting me down, but when I get the others, it just completely overshadows the negative. So I just wanted to say thank you to you who have been so supportive. What happens when a woman cheats on her spouse or partner? As with any form of infidelity, there is always pain, sadness, and collateral damage. We've listened to many stories of women sharing their own infidelity. But what does the husband or betrayed partner go through? My wife and I were together for 19 and a half years. We married on November 24, 2001. Six months later, during the same two-week period that we were creating our youngest son, she had an affair with one guy three different times. She said it was because I wasn't telling her she was beautiful often enough, and it was someone that she had known before we had even been dating and was attracted to him, but she had never had the chance to sleep with him. She didn't tell me about this for a year and a half, and she also told me that she had been with 21 men prior to us meeting. To hear the full story and more stories about the betrayed partner's side of the affair, or being the other woman or other man, subscribe to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelities Patreon. With a $3 a month pledge, you will have access to these bonus episodes, plus have early access to regularly released episodes. Visit rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com and click on the Patreon link to subscribe today. Before we get started with Mariella's story, I wanted to read an article from Psychology Today uh, online. Um, this is kind of an older article written in, well, it was posted July 6th of 2009, written by Frances Cohen Praver, PhD. She's a love doctor. It says love doc. Um, I'll have a link to this article on the podcast notes. So if you want to read it again, you'll have the opportunity to find it. And it's called Why Women Have Secret Lovers. A secret lover is a desperate plea for help and a catalyst for change. That's how it starts off. So, a woman's choice to cheat is both daring and desperate. A desperate plea to help and a daring catalyst for change in her marriage or her own self. The affair is serious stuff, not just fun. Let's take a peek at a few of the wives I write about in the book Daring Wives, 
insight into women's desires for extramarital affairs. It's not necessarily that she doesn't have a handsome, successful husband, nor that she doesn't have two adorable children and in a beautiful home with two acres of land. Deborah, a stay-at-home mom, seems to have it all, but does she? Actually, home sweet home is not so sweet. Humdrum days, food shopping, cooking, cleaning, and carting her kids around go on and on. She feels trapped, bored, powerless, and lonely. To top it off, Deborah's husband doesn't get it. He's too busy trying to get ahead to get into her head. Along comes an attentive, sexy admirer and bingo. A devoted, loving mother and wife, Ruth has carved out a successful and glamorous career. In a perfect world, she would have had the best of both worlds, a career and motherhood. In our less than perfect world, she does not. She tells me I'm stressed out and ready to explode. To top it off, our effective firecracker at work can't get a charge out of her husband. He does not help her, nor he understands her desires or needs. Her coworker Larry does. A scrappy, sexy Generation Xer Mary is determined not to follow in her mother's footsteps. Her martyr mom settled for a secure, dependent, and dull marriage, but Mary won't. Mary desires committed love in marriage, security, children, and comfort, all that good stuff. A little like her mom, but not exactly. Mary desires more from her marriage. Along with love, she longs for lust, romance, excitement, and passionate sex in her marriage. Sociopolitical history, pop culture, and family history entwine and strangle in her strivings. Unshackling from her corseted past, Mary breathes freely. To her surprise, she sees clearly that her husband is not doing it for her. So, what's a restless young wife to do? She finds a sensitive, sexy, secret lover who promises it all. As you can see from the above vignettes, women often have secret lovers because they're not getting their needs and their desires met in their marriages. Try as they may, wives are often unable to reach their husbands. Feeling stifled, unfulfilled, frustrated, and helpless in their marriages, they step out of their marriages. Taking the step in itself empowering. The affair is a daring, active choice, not a more-of-the-same passive response. It screams out loudly, enough, something's got to give, either the marriage or me. That's only the first step to autonomy and power. It takes a daring wife to have an affair, but an even more daring wife to go into therapy to repair herself and or the marriage. What about the children? People often stay in unsatisfactory marriages for the sake of the children. It is a fallacy. Parents in miserable marriages only make for miserable children. The legacy for these children are blighted models of marital relationships and unfulfilled, powerless mothers. The affair, while not necessarily the most prudent choice, is nevertheless an act of empowerment. 
A common myth is that an affair is about sex. It is not. For the most part, sex was better at home before romance eroded. Screaming fights or silent simmering hostility erode romance and extinguish the flames of passion. Chances are that problems in your sex life are not about the quality, but the quantity. Fighting to the death or suffering in silence kills sexual desire for most wives. And there's less than less sex in the marriage. What do wives want? It isn't only that they desire emotional engagement. It isn't only that they desire sexual passion. It isn't only that they desire safety and protection along with autonomy and independence. I have found that wives want mutuality, equal power relationships, and recognition from their husbands. Devotion, love, and commitment without passionate sex, fun, and excitement is the stake without the sizzle. For wives to feel sexy, they need the sizzle. Does any of this sound familiar? Let me know your thoughts. That was a great article, and I think it kind of goes well with what we're going to learn from Mariella. So we'll listen to her story now. I met my husband through a friend at work and on the rebound from a man I truly loved. There were so many red flags, but I ignored them. My family and friends I grew up with loved him. With that said, I ignored all the negative signs. He was completely the opposite of what I wanted in a man and pretty opposite of me. I'm the black sheep in my family in a good way. I also felt at the time my biological clock was ticking and I was living thousands of miles away from home with few friends and no family, so I was quite lonely. We dated and before long we moved in together. He was obsessed with me and extremely jealous. He had a daughter from a previous relationship too. He was pretty broke, had no car, and lived in filth with his brother and grandmother when we met. He made less than me, not that it mattered, but the point is there wasn't much he had to offer and it was an extreme change from my previous boyfriend who was very well put together, made double what I did and was super clean. But everyone hated my previous boyfriend. After deciding to stay with him, I went through quite a rocky road I drove him around from place to place until I finally paid for his car so he had transportation. He used to use long distance service to speak to his daughter, which ended up being really me speaking to her mother trying to work things out. And he succeeded and moved back to his home state with her and lied about it and said it was for his daughter and he was going to live with his mother, which I believe until I heard otherwise from my friend. I soon moved on, but felt used, cheated on, and extremely hurt. About a month later, I received a collect phone call from him in jail. He had had a warrant for a prior conviction of a marijuana charge. He was arrested because he left the state while on probation. He ended up coming back finally and convincing me that he thought about me the whole time. So I accepted his apologies and began dating him again. 
He would go to his grandmother's house every day with his family and friends and get high and drink his beers. I'd do most all the cooking and all the cleaning and laundry. I sat home by myself most of the time because of his jealousy. His mother then wanted to move to be near us, and she sent her husband there to work and save some money for a place to live. They would go out on occasion together, and one day, the husband told me that my boyfriend was doing cocaine. The weed and drinking was somewhat tolerable, but anything more was absolutely unacceptable. I approached him, and he denied it. This was until one day I found it hidden under the mattress. I kicked him out, but it only lasted a day or two, so he came back. Not much longer after that, which was now four years into our relationship, I became pregnant. I told him I didn't feel right having a baby out of wedlock, so I asked if he would marry me, and he agreed. And we married with a small group of friends and family. Right before having my daughter, I decided I wouldn't want to raise a child where we were, with high crime, overpopulated schools, no change of seasons, and me being alone most of the time, and her not getting to know my grandparents. So I asked if he would move with me back to my home state. At this point, his stepfather had left his mother for another woman. So we told her she could move in with us and she was okay with moving to my home state. Just a few months after my daughter was born, we moved. I thought this would change our relationship and I could remove him from all the bad and he'd focus on me and our daughter. That wasn't the case at all. He ended up hating his job and the weather. And now he had no real friends, so he went into a little depression and was miserable. He would hang around drinking until 9 o'clock every night and come home and go to bed. I felt I was married to his mother instead because I was always with her, which got old very soon. I finally had to tell him that I was going to take our daughter and move if he didn't straighten out. He then got a better job, but was on a second shift, so I didn't see him, and his mother started getting on my nerves. She babysat my daughter instead of us putting her in daycare, and we paid her car payment and insurance and supported her. My husband would take her everywhere with us. Dinner, friends, gatherings, etc. I soon had to put an end to that, and I started resenting her for it. She was cooking and cleaning and throwing my daughter in front of the TV to occupy her. This went on for a few years. I couldn't take it anymore and I put my daughter in daycare and told my mother-in-law she needed to get a job and help with the bills. She was a very needy and dependent person and I had to pretty much find the job for her. By this time, my husband had found yet another job, a better one, but now was on third shift. I only saw him basically on the weekends. I found myself still very lonely and very annoyed with his mother. I asked if she could move out, thought this might improve our relationship because of our constant arguments with him over her. She did and things weren't much better. And we were always struggling to pay bills and make ends meet. Soon after, my brother needed a place to stay, and he moved in with us. He was even more of a mess than my own husband. 
My husband was tired of taking care of things in our apartment and giving money to our landlord instead of investing in our own property. So he decided we had to buy a house. Terrible idea. We had enough room there, so we moved in my brother and moved his mother back in. They helped pay our mortgage because we couldn't do it on our own. The house was also a fixer-upper and my brother was helping with the remodel. We did enough to make it presentable, but there was a ton more work to be had. My husband's daughter was now 18 and she and her boyfriend wanted to move in, so we moved them in too. We found ourselves with an average of eight people every night for dinner. It was a bit chaotic and no privacy whatsoever. This went on for a while and then his daughter and her boyfriend moved out and then my brother started dating his former rehab boss who was also a former addict. She was complete drama and everyone warned him it might not be a good idea. He soon moved in with her and left our house too. She was just too much, but I would tolerate her for gatherings and holidays. Examples of her being too much were she'd brought cookies to my house for my brother and I said, ooh, those look good. And she said, therefore your brother, as if I couldn't have any. She would also be at my daughter for something to the point where my daughter would cry and ask why she didn't like her. That was until I told her I couldn't be around her if she was going to be mean to my daughter. So she was still around and had her good and bad days. My husband and mother-in-law didn't really care for her much either. At this point, it's back to me, my husband, my daughter, and annoying mother-in-law. My husband was also finally on first shift, so he's home most of the time, and if he wasn't home, he was at the store or fishing. This was the perfect time to start focusing on our relationship. He was also coaching my daughter's softball team. Sounds like a little perfect family, right? Well, just like his mother, I learned that he too was very much dependent and our whole lives were entirely controlled or instructed by me. It's when I realized I needed more in a relationship and more in a partner. So I communicated this on several occasions and made suggestions to improve it by suggesting weekend getaways, family trips, etc., but got shot down most of the time. We never had money, was what he said, and he took care of the bills at this time because I had failed to pay a cable bill one time, which resulted in it being shut off for one day, and he flipped out on me. So I said, seeing as you can do a better job, have at it. So he did and took my whole paycheck and gave me an allowance that I could use, but still had to explain every transaction. I asked him if we could sit every Friday and discuss our finances and do it together, and it never happened. And I would see late bills and past due notices in the mail, and I didn't really understand what was going on. He blamed most of the spending on me when I didn't buy new clothes, drive a fancy car, or go to salon for hair or nails. What I would want and wanted to spend money on were things that involved spending time with him or our family. I was all about communication, negotiations, compromise, quality time, 
spontaneity, and peace and happiness. He was not. His priorities were spending any or all money on beer, weed, and anything for my daughter's sports. A $300 softball bat, no problem. $500 tournament fee, no problem. I also realized that the time he was home now wasn't even spent with me or us. So an average day in our lives, which we had now been together about 13 years, went something like this. He'd wake up at 4 a.m., get ready, and leave the house at 5 a.m. for his 5.30 or 6 a.m. shift. I'd wake up at 6 a.m. for my 8.30 a.m. shift. I'd get myself ready, make breakfast for my daughter, get her ready, feed all the animals, we had three pets, and pick up the house a bit, then drop her off or watch her at the bus stop, then head to work where he'd call me several times throughout the day to find out our daughter's schedule and get every little instruction for dinner, what to buy at the store and what to cook. He'd be home around 4 p.m. and between he and his mother, they'd attempt to bring our daughter to our activities and stop at the store if needed and go home and cook, seeing as he and his mother were both home by 4 and I didn't get home until somewhere between 5.30 and 6.30 p.m. I'd come home and sometimes find my husband cooking alone and his mother would be lying in bed watching TV waiting to be beckoned for dinner and sometimes she'd be helping and sometimes rarely dinner would be done and even though I was frustrated I would walk in and say hi with a smile until I got a miserable what's up and a forced kiss and I'd start helping with dinner and complaining about it not being done and then I'd go into my daughter's room and sometimes find her lying in bed sleeping or watching TV in her room which looked like the aftermath of a tornado. So then I would start yelling at her telling her to wake up and yelling at them both asking why they are allowing her to sit around and not help clean or practice her sports etc instead of sleeping and then having trouble sleeping at night when she should be. So now I was in a bad mood along with everyone else in the house. After dinner, we'd all sit down and my husband would clear the area and go shower and smoke and play video games or watch sports until he fell asleep and I would be helping my daughter with homework, giving rights to her for an activity to a friend's to drop off a friend or to pick some last minute supplies for her school project she forgot about or just be entertaining her by chatting or watching TV. Then I'd feed the animals and get her off to bed and get ready for bed myself around 10 or 11 p.m. I was always feeling exhausted mentally and physically. Then no sooner would I last get there and he would be groping me trying to have sex with me, which is the last thing I wanted. Why would I want to be with a man that could only seem to care less if I were around or not, and that was only happy if he were smoking or drinking, and on vacations he would be okay first thing in the morning, but as soon as the afternoon hit he needed to start partying or he would be miserable. My daughter and I would make light of it and say it's grumpy time. I began feeling as if I was the only one who was making him miserable. I had moments of being depressed and miserable myself, but I held it in and just cried when I was alone. I stopped caring about my physical appearance. 
I no longer wore makeup or took time to dress up, which my husband did not care about unless we went to dinner, which we would do if I suggested. But there was his friend, Mr. Budweiser there, so he was fine. Those are the times he would compliment me, but it was always everything looked fine or good. I took this as a way to prolong the conversation. I didn't feel he thought I was unattractive, that he was not willing to take the time to think about it, so it was always good. I worked in an office of manufacturing company and didn't get along well with my boss. I had been working there for eight years. A job opened up in the warehouse and I inquired about it. They said I could apply and pay would not change, so I did and soon moved over. I was a female working a man's job. The older men did not like it and felt it was no place for a female, but the younger men welcomed me. So much that I received constant attention. This was even when I looked like a plain Jane, so I began feeling I wasn't the problem at all. It was my husband. These men were happy all of the time, and even the older men talked so good of their women they had no complaints going out of their way to care for them. Yet my husband would complain all the time that I would ask so much of him and that he works so much. Because he'd worked an hour of overtime daily and worked six hours until noon on Saturday. My grandfather worked hard until he was 90. He would rise at the crack of dawn, go to work, come home, take care of his house and his yard, and still help my grandmother cook dinner and wash dishes, and he never complained. My grandmother worked hard cleaning and cooking, so she wasn't sitting around and neither was I. These men were the men whose wives I've envied so much. I was quite flattered by all the younger men's attention, and one of the younger men in our department had to train me. I didn't really find him attractive or interesting in any way. He was just helping me out. As a little time went on, we started talking more and sharing relationship stories. He was living with his girlfriend. I voiced how unhappy I was, and he soon found himself unhappy in his own relationship. He is 11 years younger than me. His girlfriend ended up leaving him and he moved back in with his father. He had his own space in the basement and he was happy to be back. We then became friends on Facebook and started messaging each other after work. It was fun and exciting, of course, but still innocent. This went on for a couple of months. He loved so many things I did and he didn't party at all, never even touched anything. I started to grow an attraction to him. He did too. One day he asked for me to meet him. I was shocked, flattered, yet intrigued. I didn't know how to respond. I was confused. I had never cheated before and he knew I was married and I had never even thought about being with a younger man. My thoughts turned into further discussion on how it would be wrong on so many levels. He didn't give up and he was very determined and persuasive. I finally cracked. I justified it in my head as my husband deserves it. It'll only be once and that's it. 
as I also felt that maybe this was a young boy who was curious of an older woman. He was in his later 20s and I was in my later 30s. I got up early on a Saturday while my husband was at work and I had sex with him. It wasn't fireworks or anything too crazy. I was shy and self-conscious about what I was doing and the way that I looked after having a child. Afterwards, we talked and he asked when we would again. I was like, no more. I felt guilty and ashamed and scared of what anyone, including my husband, would ever think of me had they found out. I was always the good person, the person everyone seeked advice from, the innocent one. Now I was just like everyone else or worse. But even after all of those feelings, I didn't stop. Something kept me there and kept me going back. Each time got easier and more comfortable. I still kept saying I would stop. I asked my secret guy what he was really feeling for me, expecting an answer of, oh, just having fun, nothing serious, but he didn't at all. He told me he wanted a relationship with me. He asked if I'd travel with him and he'd pay for everything. I wasn't there with him, but I wasn't there with my husband either. I then was left with a decision to make. My wedding anniversary was soon after and my husband and I went to dinner, as we always did, and my husband made a comment about how he wants his marriage to last like my grandparents, and then asked how long they had been together, and I answered 60 years. Then I got sweaty and my heart sank. There was no way I could be with this man for 60 years. No romance, no passion, no respect, no communication, no partnership. And that is where I told him. I said, I cannot be with you that long and I am not happy. He couldn't believe his ears. He was living in a dream world. I was sitting there at home every day, taking care of our daughter while he enjoyed whatever he wanted and his life was written for him by me and in his mind, he was happy. I forgot to mention I had voiced my unhappiness several times and how I wish he would make efforts for us and if his mother could move out for us to be alone and he never wanted to talk about that. We would just argue and the end would be that I just hated his mother. He started searching for other reasons and that it had to be that I was cheating on him. And with the help of my brother, he found out I was speaking to someone. He couldn't read the messages, but he somehow figured it out. So I did say I was, quote, talking to someone, but I never revealed who. He woke my daughter up in the middle of the night and told her I didn't love my family anymore. This went on for a little bit and I told him he had to leave. He went to go stay with my brother and his mother remained in the house with me. He came home still every day. He followed me wherever I went. I woke up one time at around two in the morning to find him sitting on my floor staring at me. He continued to speak to my daughter and tell her bad things about me. He was doing all of this because I didn't want to be with him. 
This went on for a month or so, and my daughter cried to me every day, telling me he loved me and why couldn't I be with him. It broke my heart into a million pieces. I finally just told him to come back. I felt helpless and defeated, but it still did not end there. I told my guy everything that was happening, and I told him I couldn't see him anymore. I was sad, but I was okay to not be with him anymore. He said he respected my wishes and told me he couldn't wait for me and he was going to move on. He did, and we remained friends and still continued getting to know each other at work. Then we started seeing each other again, this time with even more obstacles thrown our way. I'm going to short the next few years of our on and off again relationship. He ended up not just meeting someone, but marrying them. We started up again. We couldn't stay away from each other. Each time we were together, it got more passionate than the last, and my feelings grew deeper. We would text each other when we weren't together, and over the years, and as my daughter has matured, she's realized her father and my relationship was not good or healthy for anyone. At this point, my husband and I were having sex half the amount of time and for about 15 minutes each time just to shut him up. I hadn't kissed him in years and I no longer said, I love you. I finally told him once again I couldn't be with him. I made the moves and we got rid of our house, both moved and he cried, begged and pleaded for me to give him another chance. I didn't love him anymore, but in those few years since the first separation, if he had tried, I would have stopped seeing the other one, even though I feel we were meant to be. So when I didn't take him back, he continued to make my life miserable. He has manipulated everyone in my family and my daughter, and even though she loves me, she feels sorry for him and she believes all his stories. It's still hard till this day. We are divorced now and it's been three years and I'm still working and seeing my now married man. We've been together now for seven years. He has no signs of leaving her. If I had a very long rewind button, I would have never stayed with my husband past the first year. If I had a shorter one, I would have never cheated, but still left my husband with pride and dignity. I've lost friends and family along the way, and I'm very lonely on my unscheduled days without my daughter. I feel trapped and stuck. At the end of Mariella's story, she did say she would love to hear responses to it. So if anybody here has anything that they would like to say to her to offer her support, uh, suggestions, thoughts, please send them to me via email and I will pass them along to her. But for now, we're going to go ahead and close this episode. I will be back in two weeks with a new one. Plus, we'll be having a new Patreon episode coming out soon. So stay tuned for that. If you have a story you would like to share or general feedback, please send them to me. Rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. Of course, I'm accepting stories of women that have cheated on their spouse or partner. 
Um, and then also, if a man wants to share what they went through when their wife cheated on them or girlfriend, if you were the other man in a relationship or the other woman, you know, feel free to send them to me. And, you know, I want to see how many I can get out and share because I have been finding from the response of those who have been submitting that it was good for them to write it out. Um, They are typically a little scared to hear it when it's getting ready to stream, but so far everybody has been fairly pleased with what's been coming out. So um, let's keep this going. Until next time, have a great day and remember, no judgment. Goodbye.